Welcome back to The Silky Science with me, Aaron Segerman, and my host here, the host, the man with all the knowledge, Silky Tube himself, Eric Hart. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> I always say the Silky Science. It's just Silky Science, right? Yeah, it's because I'm the Silky Tube around here. The Silky Tube. Right, there you go. <laughs> As if there's an imposter. <laughs> there's a bunch of them. There's Silky Tube, the Silky Tube, Silky Tube 2. There's Baby Tube. Baby Tube. You do have a Baby Tube, yeah. yeah. Baby Tube turns uh, five years old coming up this weekend. Yeah, so... Get the party. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> Drinks, dancing, and that's just girls, him. drugs, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's just him. Yeah. It's not even us. Um, all right, so today's show, we um, people have been asking a lot for this one. This is one I think is going to be very popular. Last episode, we talked about the business of supplements, and today we're talking about stimulants. I feel like everybody, if you like supplements, uh, you probably like stimulants. Oh, I think that's a... Because, you know, whether it's weight loss, energy, I mean, it's a lot of people's gateway into supplementation. Yeah, I mean, right now, it's interesting because, like, when I was a kid, there was no pre-workouts. There was nothing called a pre-workout. I mean, then we had, we've talked about Ultimate Orange and stuff like that, but there was no category pre-workout. No, it was, I don't even know what they were called. I Really, they were just energy products. Yeah, energy um, product. yeah you had Ultimate Orange, uh, you know, ABB, which's been around forever, their original Speedstack speed drinks, yeah. yep. Um, what was it? That was the first ones that had uh, the ECA stacks yep. in them. ECA, yep. Uh, yeah, but it's just like it's interesting because now the when you when you think about supplements, uh, the number one category in sports supplements anyway is certainly pre workout. No question about it, right? Yeah, and I think that's you know you see a we've talked about this before. You see a brand starts up and what's the first product they come out with pre workout, and it's because you feel it. Yep. And uh, so when you're making supplements, the you know the the we always say. Something you feel or taste, something you can experience, um, is always something you know that's easier to obviously make samples for, to get people into. If they get an actual quick response, they can tell their friends or whoever that this is something that they like. Uh, versus something like an amino acid, you could taste it at least. Protein powder, you can taste it, so those are good. But if you don't feel it, like for example, like our silencer, one of the great things about silencers is that if you take two servings a day, you physically feel heated up. Yeah, because you're sweating. sweating, I mean, yeah, there's something about it that makes you feel like you took something. But if you take most of the stim-free fat burners out there, you don't know, you can't tell if it's even doing anything. Nah, I think that's why a lot of people started putting, like, lean GBB in it, because you start sweating so much, it's like a hook. Yeah, because now you're feeling something. So anyway, stimulants has been around, obviously, forever and ever. I mean, um, before the dietary supplement industry, of course, there's been supplements, uh, stimulants, and amphetamines and everything, right? Yeah, you think amphetamines used to be illegal. Yeah, so. So crazy, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's so. I guess today we'll kind of go through, you know, just different stims that have been in the category for a while. Maybe you know what we think is going to be there long term. Right. Um, kind of jump into some of the more of the science on the stims because they are different. They're definitely different in the effects they have in the body. But yeah, I mean, it's um, can't really have uh, supplements without stimulants. That's very true. And you know, the interesting thing is because the times are a change and a lot of the uh, supplements that we're going to discuss, a lot of the the, uh, the actual stimulants, the chemicals that we're talking about here, um, don't are really either on the way out or already out. Um, and uh, the future of stimulants, you know, is uh, pretty, I don't know what you say, bleak or unstable in terms of where we're going with this? Probably, uh, yeah, unstable, uncertain, because even caffeine's come into question. Right. You know, which yeah, recently, is, yeah. You know, they say has zero addictive properties, but it's dangerous potentially. Sure. It's so. an interesting thing. It's like because caffeine, right? 
Um, we're going to talk about it. I don't want to go too far into it now, um, but we'll go into it later about what is legality is in terms of caffeine and what's changing and stuff. But um, it's like anything else, though, you know, and that's the that's the thing. It's like a slippery slope. You say caffeine, a certain amount isn't legal because it's dangerous. Because if you take too much, but everything, you take enough vitamin C and it's dangerous, right? You can drink too much water and yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, you can drink too much water. Do they call it hypotoxicity or something? Uh, There's a terminology for that. Is it hyperhidrosis? Something oh, like that. Yeah. Something like that. Where it's but so much water. That, I can't, yeah. yeah. Your brain swells. Yeah, so much water that you die. Yeah. So like runners, marathon runners, they tell them, be careful, you know, because you want to just chug, chug, chug water. And uh, if you overdo it, you can die. Yeah. So that's the thing is that just when I tell you there's no too much of a good thing, it's unfortunately true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crazy, right? Crazy. All right. So let's get into it. So I think like, you know, we talk about stems, obviously caffeine is number one. I mean, it's in everything. I mean, it's. What's the, I always tell people, like, what's the number one energy drink? Coffee. 100%. You you know, so, I mean, it's like I drink coffee every day. That's probably the most stimulant I take in. And, you know, it's interesting in the supplement industry, you had, like, five-hour energy buck the whole paradigm uh, shift of, like, they went after the number one supplement in the world. Yeah. Coffee. Coffee, yeah. Um, But, you know, there's, you know, caffeine's in everything. I mean, you look now, I mean, there's so much caffeine. You know, I remember... Pre-workouts in the beginning, I think Ultimate Orange. I mean, that was an ECA stack, so I don't think I had more than 200 milligrams of caffeine yeah. in it. Um, but, you know, then the amount of caffeine in pre-workouts just kept edging up and edging up and edging up. It continues to. Yeah, I mean, there's some that have 500 milligrams in it. 800 milligrams. What the hell? 800 milligrams. I'll have to pull it up, but it was unstacked. 800. Oh, my God. Like, I know, like, there's a couple in particular that were between four and 500 where you're like, at some point, your adrenal glands are fried. As like, you're talking, okay. see if I can pull it up. Yeah, so I mean, you know, that's... Is 800 milligrams actually dangerous? I mean, for some people, obviously, uh, that would be a lot. Some people would that are caffeine sensitive or just have never taken caffeine. I mean, I could um, take 800 milligrams of caffeine, uh, I'm sure. Don't you think? Oh, I mean, I'm sure on a daily basis, I take in well over a gram of caffeine. Um, I mean, all at once. All at once? Uh... You know, I don't know, like some of the old energy products probably had way more caffeine than they said they did. Mm. So it can't be, you know, I guess it depends on the person, right? Like yeah. everybody's different, how, how they metabolize it. Um, you know, for that person, how much epinephrine does it release when they take it in? Because, um, yeah, everyone's biochemistry is different. But, um, you know, because look at the energy drinks now, like standard Dose like a take a monster. I think that's 160 milligrams of caffeine. But they have ones that are what is the potion stuff? 350. I think. Yeah, I mean you know so bangs 350 or 325. Endo Rush is similar. So now all the sports nutrition brand canned energy drinks, all those things are in the three to 400 milligram realm. And then hell, we work with people at shows that pound three or four of those at a oh, time. Oh yeah, no you know? problem. Yeah, so. Caffeine and stimulant use, I think, is just on the rise. And then, you know, recently you had the the question of caffeine with the sale of the bulk, yeah, you know, bulk caffeine sales, right? Um, you know, where now they're essentially treating that almost the same as for using a legal ingredient. Yeah, and the FDA actually sent out warning letters over there yeah. recently, where they they literally said like this is not legal; you cannot sell bulk caffeine. And you know, and I think we've talked about this before. I mean, in a, another point in my life, I might have been like, "Oh, this is bullshit!" Like, you know, just learn to learn to take it but you know you take flex as an example um you know i see him like take bulk powder sometimes yeah and he'll just take a, a flex pro- lewis mr yeah he'll take a protein scoop and scoop out leucine with it yeah. he has no idea no, what I, yeah so you imagine he some, loves to mix all his potions yeah, yeah so you imagine if someone accidentally did that with caffeine Ooh. there's no getting off that ride no you're done yeah i mean you know because caffeine releases dopamine in stride and muscle epinephrine yeah. and epinephrine is what I mean, it's adrenaline, really. Yeah. So, 
blood pressure goes up, heart rate goes up, contractile strength of your heart muscle. I mean, you have a heart attack and die. I mean, there's no way you're going to come back from that if you take too much. I mean, as you think you take 300 milligrams, you take three grams of caffeine and it's a bad day. So, you know, I can see where the FDA is cracking down because those bulk powders, none of them ever come with a scoop. That's it right. literally is just you have to use a bag. Your, yeah, and as we all know, you know that the common denominator of intelligence in this world is not too high. So it's very easy to make a mistake like that for for somebody who doesn't realize the consequences. You well, know? we and we both know someone that oh, you know where you're going at this. Yeah, yeah, that is knows what they're doing, and on that ingredient of uh, GBB, thought they were taking 40 milligrams and took 400 milligrams. Yeah. Which is the hospital. Yeah, because you... He's, he's supposed to be super smart. Yeah, and then again, it's just a bad calculation. Yeah. So you take someone who doesn't know the difference between a gram and a milligram, and it could be the end of end of everything. So uh, April 13th, 2018, the FDA released a press release saying the FDA is taking steps to protect consumers against dietary supplements containing dangerously high levels of extremely concentrated or pure caffeine. So... You know, in this, it talks about how uh, a half a cup of highly concentrated liquid caffeine can contain up to two two thousand milligrams of uh, caffeine, and a single ta- tablespoon of powdered pure caffeine can contain up to t- three thirty two hundred milligrams in a tablespoon. So that's that is uh, pretty scary. Now, the the when I initially saw this. Uh, I didn't realize, I guess, where this was coming from, and I got a little concerned for so us. I, yeah, where I was like, oh, um, because later on it says in here that uh, in the same release that um, 200 milligrams is considered safe. Um, for, but on further looking into this, 400 milligrams is also considered is, is still okay after talking to you know our FDA advisor. That's totally fine. And, there, and this is all predicated. This is all the genesis of this is coming from that whole uh, bulk powder caffeine. But it's kind of scary because... You know, uh, once again, you know, everybody would have to reformulate all the pre-workouts. There's nothing with less than 200 milligrams. Yeah, when I first read that, that's where my, your brain picks up on what you want to see. And that's what I read was that it was 200 milligrams is going to be the new dose for caffeine. And because I think 400 milligrams is what they've said is where most general population. So typically when they do this, it's general population who's not used to supplements. I think 400 milligrams of caffeine is a dosage where you would start to incur, um, Feelings of caffeine intoxication, yeah. so nausea, headaches, rapid heart rate, sure. things like that. So those large uh, cups of coffee that you get, like you do the iced coffee from Starbucks, I feel like a large one of those is probably damn near four hundred, probably. Huh? It's got to be because it's like, more than two hundred. Yeah, because you know the way they brew it. I mean, it could yield. I, I if I drink a Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts, like I feel the Starbucks more. Really, like it's stronger. Yeah, hmm. there's something. You know, because a lot of times I use espresso in it too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely uh, you, you feel a little little woozy sometimes. <laughs> and I take a lot of stims. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it was interesting when that article came or that those warning letters came out. That's what I first read was like, oh shit, here we go now. Caffeine's on the cross. Yeah, and that would be that would not be good um, for uh, for anybody for end users because two hundred milligrams doesn't do a lot for most people. I mean, and then. Um, and then also for, for the supplement industry, because it's a scary step towards regulation to X-regulation. Overreg, yeah. Yeah, overregulation. And obviously there's, like for us, if they said that this needed to happen like in a certain period of time, you know, we stock tons of Total Wars. I don't know how many units. But so a lot of times we buy 10,000 units yeah, of yeah. each flavor at a time. Yeah, and so 100 plus thousand units of Total War sitting in the warehouse, that uh, that would be scary. And then it's, you know, if they said, let's say you have 90 days to move it, that would be super scary too, because then all you have to try to sell it to somebody who doesn't care. 
I don't know. Just I, I, we put ourselves in a position as a business to not have to be worried about shit like that. Yeah, and that's why you know the few little formula changes we made over time to Total War was to be as compliant with the FDA as possible. And that kind of brings up the topic too of because people take in so much caffeine, so many stims. You know, a lot of times that's where people's mark of a good product is, is that initial feel they feel from the stem or the neuro in it component. You know, and I think a lot of times really good products get passed up by consumers because it doesn't crack them out. Right. I've heard people talk about that. be like, oh, it's shit because, you know, I wasn't ready to fucking pass out essentially while they're training. It's like... That's that's, yeah. that's not a good workout to me. Like, well, it's funny because you'll hear on the flip side of that when you have a really strong product, like there's one uh, DMA product that doesn't exist anymore that I remember people telling me they, they took it and they'd be like, oh man, I was so like zoned in when I was working out, but before I started working out, you know, I had a lot of anxiety and I had a hard time peeing, and then you know I yeah. felt nauseous, and uh, after I was done, I had to lay down on the ground. I was so sweaty and like you know really out of it, and I had a hard time sleeping, and I'd be like, damn, and then they'd be like it was awesome yeah and you're like, like what that's a good like my, my my dick shrunk up i couldn't i couldn't have <laughs> sex but man it was awesome yeah it's and it's true like dma man it affects your prostate and then yeah. then if it has your himby on top of it it's a whole nother mess and it's like it's amazing that that's what pre-workout had gotten to yeah now it's, it seems to be changing a little bit because obviously the regulations on ingredients but there's there's a big group of those consumers out there i think that that's what they're looking for crazy you know like how close to smoke crack can i get like you know so that always worries me too because you know there's some really good products in the market over the years that have been overlooked because maybe they didn't have a ton of stim in them yeah you know and and then there's again the products that have just they're purely built on stim which we'll get into that but um yeah it's been interesting i mean especially with the uh, exit of ephedrine from the sports nutrition world which yeah ephedrine was see it's funny because um ephedrine was such a um a safe product, an ingredient. You know, it's funny because that was right at a time where there was some real like pandemonium in the dietary supplement industry, and there was a lot of like people like you know talking about scary. You know that this is killing people, that's killing people. This is even the time when there when around that time was when creatine got popular, and people were talking about how creatine could be dangerous, and athletes were passing out, and and it was like a like a. You know, I wasn't involved in the industry when those were around, but I was a consumer. And so I remember seeing all that stuff and even my parents being aware. Like, I remember my mom being like, you don't have to take any of this ephedrine stuff and asking me, do I, you know, creatine is it's killing football players and stuff. And uh, this was like a scary time for supplements. Oh, yeah, because I think supplements started to get more mainstream um, attention. Yeah. Attention, yeah, because you had... Of course, you know, this is this is where I always have a gripe with, like, Major League Sports, the lack of accountability. Like, I don't give a fuck. I, I've said this before. If someone takes performance-enhancing drugs, right. show me a baseball game where people don't take juice and you're going to be bored out of your mind. Right. You know, any Major League Sports. So, but it's interesting, like, when you had Bonds and McGuire, it was like, oh, no, we're taking Andro. So then you had the people who were like, mm, okay, that must be dangerous or, you know, close to illegal. Those things had like a conversion rate of like five percent. Yeah, like you took in a hundred milligrams, your body maybe got five out of yeah. it. It was BS. But then things like that put attention on supplements in yeah. a bad way, negative attention. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a positive thing. We're like, oh, you get good results. No, it all became negative. And I think that's kind of was what happened with ephedrine because ephedrine is, you know, has a lot of research on it. It's it's a pretty safe ingredient. Um, it has unlike things like DMA, it has a known you know, a standard for dosage in humans, yeah. 25 milligrams. Um, you know, you take 
aspirin with it to help any potential side effects of hardening of blood vessels in the brain. And, you know, the whole ECA stack, I mean, it was effective. It was safe. That's where some, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, I sometimes think that it was too good. It was too effective. Yeah. Did it cut into, you know, big pharma, like yeah. weight loss products or things like that? Because you look at Herbalife and... Every other brand of the sun, how much ephedrine was out there in the market? Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy, and it was it was used um, pre fat loss as a like a bronchio bronchial aid. Is that right, or a, like loosens up phlegm or something? What was it for? Well, so it's still used for this, right? But well, because they added guafnesin in it, and guafnesin was the um, expectorant, so that's what opens up your airways. Okay. Um, Why did they put it with that? Why? Because um, it was really sold as asthma relief before. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you have it's it's a beta agonist, yeah, so beta agonist, right. so it speeds up your heart rate, but your body usually like clenbuterol. Yeah, it's it's really a lot like clenbuterol yeah. in, in the way it functions. Um, and I think it, it kind of functioned too good. And then I, I read something once, and again, I could be inaccurate with this because it's been a long time. But at the time when they banned ephedrine in two thousand four, I think only six people globally had ever died that where they felt like ephedrine had something to do with the death. Right. And neither one were the two pro athletes that they tried to hang that on, that yeah. they used to ban ephedrine. So Steve Belcher, the pitcher for the Orioles, and then uh, Corey Stringer, the football player for the um, Vikings, both had roller coasters of you know weight issues. Um, Belcher, I mean, I think they hid his autopsy for a while that showed that he had cocaine in his system at the same time. Uh. You know, he was trying to get his weight down because I think he had contractual issues if his weight was too high. Same thing with Stringer. So... You know, I think unfortunately the uh, supplement industry got, you know, a bad rap. Yeah, I mean, four, because four people um, or six people worldwide. For people who don't know, that is extremely, extremely, extremely low, low for a product that is Probably sold by the millions and millions of units. Might have had, and it might have had billions of dosages, yeah, usages. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I think in my time in supplements, from early on to now, from a stimulant perspective, I don't, you know, know if there's any other. Stimulant, I think that still beats ephedrine. Yep. You know, from the ephedrine, caffeine, aspirin stack, I mean, from a weight loss perspective, performance enhancement, um, you know, that, that one had a prostate constriction to it. So that was the only downfall of it. I mean, it was a kind of similar to DMA, but that'd be the only downside of it. But for the most part, it was all positive. And DMA, uh, you know, transitioning to that. Uh, sort of has a bad rap too in terms of being uh, killing people and being unhealthy, right? Well, because if you look at the chemical structure, it's essentially a methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to say. I mean, that's, that argument's still going on right now. Is it a is it a supplement or is it a drug? Right. Um, Jared Weed is fighting that high tech pharmaceutical. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the we say it. like his his argument is essentially you know the government's argument is well it's you're driving it synthetically so therefore it's not a dietary ingredient, it's a drug. His is like, well, it does come from geranium and vitamin C. Nobody's squeezing oranges to make vitamin C. So yeah, I think he literally says that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to use a synthetic version, even though it's found in nature. Right. So I think, you know, the general argument would be... And so this is, the, this is where it gets interesting for this, for this particular argument, is that um, the actual, the law says it's okay if it's a constituent of a botanical then you're good to go, right? right? So if it comes from a herb or a plant or plant source, whatever, then it's good to go. So when he was, when Jared was fighting this initially and he was told that it wasn't legal, the judge actually admitted in the findings that, that in fact it was from a, from a botanical source, but it wasn't enough. 
And so that's where it gets complicated is like that was not in the law that it needs to be a certain amount. It could be parts per million, but if it's in there, it's in there. Right. Um, and so um, that's really where it comes down to because it makes a lot, a lot of other products illegal um, if you're using that same, you know, thing to look at that. Yeah, that it's only in trace amounts. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know that their new argument is kind of, well, there's, there's no known dosage standard for humans. That's what they're trying to now lean into. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, so it'll be interesting how that one plays out. But me personally, again, this is nothing against Jared because obviously he's a friend of ours. We like him. I'm not the biggest fan of that ingredient. Um, I just think it's like a dirty stimulant um, because, again, it's a methamphetamine, really. Um, For me, the the high or the buzz from it only lasts about 15 minutes. And then after that, it's like all downward spiral. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how it's different. Like for me, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of it either, Uh, but there's some people that absolutely love it. And I know for Jared anyway, you know, he, um, he's a man who fights on principle and like he uses that as his rationale to make decisions. And and I don't think he thinks much further than that. I think it's not like a, it's not like a, um, anything other than the fact that what's wrong or right in his book. And he just goes after whatever he thinks is right. And he's willing to fight and die. For what he thinks is right. Yeah, so you got to respect him for that because a lot of people just lay down and die. Right. Um, but he'll, you know, he'll fight it to the end. So we'll see, you know. And obviously this is the interesting thing for Jared, right, is before, this is, this is a business, like, aside, right? So before, when he was in, the, before he was really, like, actively pushing, fighting it as he is right now, but it was still kind of on the fence, he was the only one making it and the only one distributing it and selling it, et cetera, right? So he was basically reaping all of the benefits. But now if he were to win... And that means it's legal and everybody will sell everybody it. So yeah. it's kind of like, it's interesting because he's spending all this money and time to fight um, for everybody's ability to use it, which is interesting. Yeah, and that's kind of why I really want to see him come out on top. I personally don't like the ingredient, the way it feels for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if that gets banned and goes away, it's just another black eye for the industry where people look at us, you know, as supplement company as a whole of like, oh, there you go. It's uh, Cowboys again, you know. Yeah. Everybody just does what they want. So... I really hope from a, you know, from a science perspective, he proves them wrong that, hey, it is derived from nature. And, you know, then also, too, maybe it can help set some of the actual hard and fast rules around supplements because, you know, I guess with you owning and, you know, us working in the supplement business, that's what you kind of deal with on a day-to-day basis is there are rules, but then there also it's interpretation. Yeah. It comes down to a lot of interpretation of the, the, the rules and laws. Have you seen one of the things that... That uh, kind of when one three dimethyl kind of started giving issues, they brought out one four dimethyl. So yeah. Now, in terms of structure, what is what's the difference? Like, why why would uh, I mean? Also, if one three is not legal, let's say hypothetically, would one four be legal? It seems like it would all be tied to the same thing. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it's it's from my understanding, it's an analog. Essentially, it's just like the, the methyl group is on Moved carbon over. four instead yeah. of carbon three, and that's two five. Um, Two amino five isoheptane, which is different from DMHA. It's yeah. not the same compound. A lot of people get them changed. A lot of times when people test for it, they test for the wrong thing because they're not testing for one four. It's a whole different compound. Um, I know it has different properties. I I haven't looked into. I've it. I've never taken one four. No, DMA. from my understanding, that's what um, a lot of companies who said they were using DMAA one three were actually putting one four in it because that's all they could get their hands on. Goes back yeah. to the whole. Yeah, Jared really was the only one with the supply. Yeah. So, and again, people testing for one three, they don't have a standard test for it. So, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of times that's what they were testing for. DMHA, very popular. It got really popular there because DMAA kind of went away, and DMHA, uh, similar thing. By naming it DMHA, you know, Bruce Neller and these guys who brought it out, I think it was Giant Sports and Bruce Neller, right? Yeah, it was. Um, he thought, he remember, he told me uh, on Facebook Messenger, like, uh, essentially, like, he fucked up naming it DMHA. He's like, because it's funny, because if you probably would have named it anything else, if you would have named it uh, isoheptane, just, you know, two isoheptane, right? To anything, you know, some other name that didn't have H-I-D slash D-M blank A. I think that this, as silly as that sounds, I think it would have avoided scrutiny for a long time. But because he named it like that, um, and obviously he named it like that for the exact reasons that now he would regret because he wanted to get attention on it. Um, that ingredient got very popular and uh, and is now also in limbo. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of tied in with the litigation that Jared's got going on with DMA. Yeah. I think it's a similar argument, right? Uh, it's kind of the same premise. And I think... Now, they haven't sent out any war- warning letters from DMHA, have they? No, it was just a... I mean, there's lawsuits going on. Yeah, that's the thing. There's that. a lot of lawsuits around yeah. it more than anything. But I don't think there's ever been any warning letters on it yet. What, not like um, DMBA. Right. DMBA did get warning letters. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing, too, is back to the whole DM blank A. This isn't taking a shot at the FDA. But, again, these ingredients come out, and you just probably see someone that sees DM, like, you know, yeah, yeah. consonant A, and it's like, oh, shit, DMA again. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's not. But That one's just totally different, DMBA. Yeah, no, it's a whole different yeah. compound. Yeah. Like, uh, it's interesting, um, but it all kind of ties together in the fact that they're just not messing around with these stimulants anymore. Any kind of exotic um, stimulants like this, it's just they're just not looking favorably on. They're trying to get rid of them. But it's interesting because, like like we said, DMBA got a warning letter. DMHA hasn't got a warning letter. Um, Again, they both got lawsuits. Interestingly enough, really quick history on, um, on lawsuits. So let's see. Uh, Lanham Act, in case anybody doesn't know, is called a legal competition. Um, so you can file a Lanham Act case against a competitor. This is not how it was meant to be used, I don't think, initially. Uh, but what ended up happening is it allowed it open the door to companies to be used as a proxy for a legal team or a lawyer to then go and sue other companies using ingredients that they deem illegal. So, like, let's say company X um, sells supplements, but they're probably not doing that great, right? Lawyer comes along, they join together as a team, and then they sue other people using ingredients that they deem not per- permissible dietary ingredients. And they say the reason that they are beating them in sales or that they're actually stealing sales from them um, is the illegal competition. So they're advertising something illegal that's making an unfair competition. And this is something that goes on a lot in our industry. Um, before it was like patent trolling stuff. Right now this is going on. And uh, the worst part of the supplement industry, if you ask me, is the legal stuff. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's really crazy. So one of the benefits for us of not using a lot of these ingredients choosing not to now and being totally like above board on every single thing and every issue staying 100% compliant is you avoid a lot of this stuff. can't avoid everything, but you can avoid a lot. No, I mean, just being in business is going to happen because right. someone's going to see they have something I want. I'm not going to want to work for it. I'm just going to sue. And, you know, when you're the one who gets sued, your burden of proof is on you. So a lot of times what happens is, well, you'll, you'll get I'm sure into this, I'm sure, is, well, here, I'll just pay to go away. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way it goes. So there's a lot of these... People who do this um, do like a shotgun method where they'll, 
hit up a hundred and they'll sue a hundred people. And if their partner is a lawyer, it doesn't really cost anything if the lawyer is investing his time in this. So they sue a hundred people and they hope that the, um, of the hundred people, you know, 50 of them settle. And so they'll, they'll say, they'll demand, you know, something small, something semi-reasonable and maybe settle in between that and what the other person wants to give them. And they walk away with those 50, maybe 50 of them settle for 15, 20,000 bucks. It's a million bucks. Yeah. It's just like dating. You ask for enough numbers, you're going to get one. Yes. hundred percent. So um, I, the only reason I really mention that is because this is all right now. These lawsuits are very focused on uh, stimulants, on these ones we're talking about. Yeah, because that's, you get people that, because there aren't any real hard and fast rules around these ingredients, it's easier to sue. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess even too hard to win. Hard to win. Easier to sue. Yeah, much hard much to harder to to win because when they have to actually win. So if you go to court over this, you need to actually prove that you've been damaged in one way. So that's when it gets interesting because the per, company X, right, that says company Y damaged them, that the illegal competition, they have to show where were they on the counter next to them or where were they sold next to them. How is it you know damaging, and then how much actual sales can you attribute to that, and then how do you quantify that? So that's tough. Um, but you got to think most people don't want to go the distance with something like this. No, I mean, you could, you could bleed all your, your finances. Yeah. Just on Small company. You could literally, you could bankrupt yourself dealing yep. with that. Just, and sometimes it's easier. Hey, here's 10,000 bucks. Go away. I'll, I'll write off his cost of doing business and away we go. Yep. So I think too, I mean, you get back to like, what are stimulants? I mean, we're really just, you know, they help release catecholamines, epinephrine, norepinephrine, dopamine, which. You know, whether that releases glucose from your liver for energy, um, increases the heart rate, blocks, uh, you know, denison receptors, so that way you don't feel sleepy. Um, but it all boils down to, then, I guess, the the government's classification of what is a supplement, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. as we're all these, you know, you have these different, some of them are a class of amphetamine, but again, are they naturally occurring? Are they not? I mean, like you and I have talked before. Ecstasy is a stimulant. It's right. an amphetamine. Sure. Um, and it works the same way some of these compounds work with just well, it works on serotonin instead of epinephrine or dopamine. And, um, but again, it all comes down to is it from nature or not? So um, caffeine is from nature, but that's kind of back to Jared's argument. It's synthetic. Yeah. Like, well, everything that's used is yeah. probably methylxanthine. Yeah, nobody's out there uh, milking the uh, caffeine tree. Right? <laughs> or from yeah. out there squeezing chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting um, time in the industry with, with stimulants. I mean... It's it would be hard to have supplements without stimulants because people need that feel. I mean, they, again, they have a benefit for weight loss products, energy products. Um, but then it's like I, don't know, I think people over-index on them because everyone's searching kind of the next high. So yeah, it's interesting to be how the uh, the government views it long term. Where do you think, if you had to guess, where do you think we'll be with stimulants in five years from now? Five years. Well, luckily the government moves kind of slow, but <laughs> so as long as there's nothing major that happens in like some litigation, I still think you're going to get more and more Deshay compliance. So we probably are going to be down to more just caffeine usage with hard rules around amount per serving and then your recommendation of how many servings per day. Um, I have a feeling they're probably going to get try to get under that 400 milligrams because you got to think countries we sell in in Europe, UK, they have very specific caffeine requirements, right. caffeine content um, limitations. So, you know, I have a feeling that's kind of where we're going to go uh, at some point. That's where we're going to get to. Um, do you think that they'll ever get, so the one thing is like, we're at a point now where we're, we would not that we would do this anyway, but we're too big to play loose and fast with the rules. But there are small companies out there 
that um, that still, I'm sure there's companies out there right now making 1,3-dimethyl products. Oh, of course. I'm sure there's a Fedrin out there somewhere. You know, people are putting it in. There's somebody doing it, right? 100%. Um, <laughs> um, so, and those people a lot of times fly under the radar. I saw a, a, a product that somebody sent me that had a, it was a pro- I don't know if I sent this to you. It was a product that had three SARMs in it and three illegal programs. Yeah, you sent uh, that to me. All in one capsule product. And they were promoting it. And they were promoting it. And I'm like, damn, so crazy. Um, I wonder, like, do you think five years from now those small companies still get away with doing that, or do you think that they crack down and figure out how to remove them? I mean, listen, if you want to do something illegal, you're going to be able to do it. I mean, there's always going to be a way to get the ingredients from overseas. But that's what I, you know, the the older I get, the more I learn, the more you realize that, you know, all the government agencies work together. So they'll cut off the supply coming in. They'll keep you from processing a credit card. So... They may not stop it directly, but they're going to stop it somehow indirectly. I yeah. mean, I, I just think, you know, it's going to be pushed more and more underground to where if, you know, you're not going to see it if it's there. The one thing about supplements is that they're, it's, I mean, this is big, big business now. I mean, it's huge. Huge business. Sports supplements is obviously not a large piece of the whole pie. It's it's a piece, a big piece. Billions, though. Yeah, billions. What, eight billion or something, 10 billion yeah, for sports supplements. But, I mean, the actual dietary supplement industry is humongous it's like over 40 billion dollars yeah, it's yeah. huge so it's and it continues to grow every year and as you know uh, baby boomers get older and people are spending more money on their health being more conscious the government's got to take more in interest and, and focus more on it as it becomes a bigger money thing well that's the thing yeah money um you know how it affects insurance i mean there's there's a lot of like implications of it so yeah i think you're gonna see just more and more regulation and I think, again, with the stims, it's just kind of really wide open right now. I mean, if they banned ephedrine, what's going to stop them from, you know, going after something like you got uh, isopropyl norsenephrine you see out there a lot, which I don't, there's no way that's yeah. naturally occurring. That's not right. coming from fucking orange peels. Right. Um, you know, that that's a synthetic, but people are using it. And it's small companies who fly under the radar that are using it. But at some point, if that's, you know, gets triggered, you know they're going to scrub looking for that. And I think... I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, right, with these uh, Lanham Act cases and, um, you know, the trophy hunter lawyers because they may flush out some of these small people that get away they, with this Oh, they stuff. will. That is definitely a side effect of those cases is they do get um, some bad actors probably out of it. Yeah, so I think maybe in some ways they are not that bad in that regard. Right. but Hard to say, right? Yeah, yeah, especially when you have to write a check to them. Right, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I, personally, I don't know. What about you? Where do you think we're we're heading? With? I think you're pretty accurate. I think that's pretty much right on. I, I feel like uh, um, it seems like we are getting more and more uh, regulation in the supplement and sports supplements. And um, the only thing is, that, is like you said, they're slow and they're pretty underfunded. They don't have a ton of people working for them. I think that uh, if they did, um, they probably would have cracked down on a lot of this stuff faster. Because I think, like DMHA, for example, I think that if somebody really spent the time looking into this. Um, that they would have sent out warning letters already, and uh, and done you know done more, um, but they haven't. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, not to get down a rabbit hole because we're getting near the end, but like DMA, do you remember kind of the thing that triggered that off was they were finding it in ecstasy over in Australia, right? Wasn't yeah. that they yep. were mixing it? Yeah, and then someone had died, and that was like the first like, oh, hold on a minute, we need to look at this ingredient because I remember being in a vitamin shop back in like 2010, 2009, 2010. Um, you know, there are these, these kids that were working at Office Depot corporate here. Yeah. And they were they were dressed up in slacks and uh, button-ups, and they were buying Jacked. 
And I remember being in there. We were just in there for BSN doing like a store visit. We're like, hey, you, you work out? They're like, no, no, no. We just use this while we're working to keep us wired. Hmm. And we can keep working. Wow. You know, so... And it, like I say, it started getting its finding its way, it being mixed with. I can't remember what that drug was called, but I think that was when it first kind of got like brought onto the radar. So, hmm. and again, you get publicity like that. That's that's kind of the marks the beginning of the end. Yeah, it sure does. All right, guys. So that was it for today on stimulants. Do you know what the next one's going to be? Or are we waiting, figuring out what we're going to do next? Uh, I don't think we figured it out. I mean, I'd love to get more, you know, feedback from listeners, yeah, guys. ideas, because I don't want to. We'll talk about anything, but I would love that we address things that people want to hear us talk about. Sure. So email silky at redcon1.com and uh, hit us up with some ideas. Hit us up with some ideas. We'll do do whatever. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll be back next Friday. Thank you for tuning in.